When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News team, assemble! It's time for the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers, Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer, Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. Another edition of the unofficial 40. Carrie Murdoch with you, along with uh, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, and Bob Prisbillo. The entire team is back again as it's the spring spectacular as uh, golf is just winded down, softball is just getting going. Uh, Lincoln Riley's got his Tulsa Caravan tonight as we're recording this show. Uh, the whole gang's headed up to Tulsa. Uh, Bob and Eddie are going over to Owasso. I'm going to go up to the caravan. Josh has uh, been up in Oklahoma doing his spring tour along with Bob and Eddie. Uh, so we've got all kinds of stuff that's been going on. And uh, Welcome to the program, guys. Uh, glad to have you all back. Josh, uh, good to have you. I know... It's the oppressive time of year. We were just looking at the weather uh, to see exactly what it was going to be like moving forward, if there's going to be any rain for the Women's College World Series. And I saw that like starting on Tuesday, it's going to be like 99 degrees for like a week and a half straight. It's got to be even worse in Houston. It is. Uh, you know, like I said, it's really it's a weird year in Houston because usually it's not this hot. It's awful, but it's not this hot. And... So now it's like 95 and with 177% humidity. So we're all just dying a little bit inside down here. But yeah, this is the one time of year where I actually kind of have a tan. So that's kind of the one little you know silver lining in all this. Uh, Eddie is very surly today, which I appreciate. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, sleep schedule these days. How's lack that coming? Lack thereof. How's that coming? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's good. Try and get in bed early. Are you two weeks in or three weeks in now? Like two and a half, I guess, would be the technical. So it's, it's did you get going, did you get Memorial Day off? Right, and Indeed. that was nice. Yeah, it was great. You've been up to Karsten Creek quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went over the last couple of days. Well, I went up there once. Uh, I went up there on the day of the semi quarterfinals and semifinals. Did you but, even get uh, there by the time it was over for OU? Yeah, I walked your last. Uh, probably like the last eight holes with uh, with the OU group. So but you were was, saying it, it kind of sucked being there. Like it was, yeah, it would have been like better to watch it on television. And it's even worse than the Masters because you can only like really stay on one hole, so uh, you can't really follow the groups and you can't really follow uh, the actual tournament. So uh, Golf Channel did a really good job about it. I know people wanted to see OU the entire time, but the cameras aren't there just to. Follow your team. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's eight other teams, especially there. when they're getting their ass kicked. So <laughs> it was uh, it was good. OSU is extremely good. They, uh, I mean, they might be one of the better golf teams ever put together. 
Well, it helps when you're on your home course. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it helped them, but I don't think it would have mattered on the yeah. course. Like, they had guys, the, the Nick Heinen kid and the Hayden Wood kid are their six and seven guys. They'd be number one or number two at just about every golf school in the country. So, uh, the Michael Wolf kid, or Matthew Wolf, is uh, going to be a big deal. Uh, and, I mean, OU, they ended up getting beat by a team that they beat in their regional in Auburn. And then OSU kicked them, and then they kicked Alabama, and it was just it was kind of it's kind of nice when you see somebody from the Big Twelve uh, kick everybody's ass from Alabama. Yeah, the last two uh, national champions from Oklahoma, so it's a pretty good deal. Uh, let me ask you, I mean, just I was I was kind of thinking of this, uh, maybe on Twitter it because but like when OU won the national championship. Was it really that big of a deal other than when it happened? I mean, as far as I think what? everybody was happy, but it didn't become like a mainstream event, though. I mean, the Golf Channel's done a really good deal with the Driven thing. Yeah. I mean, it, Harvest... They've done as much as they can to publicize golf, I think. Yeah. Possible. When OU won two years ago, or last... Yeah, two years ago, they were in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, too. So there really was... It was yeah. kind of an off-the-beaten area, and you didn't have... Illinois wasn't in the final, obviously... What was weird is, okay, so the caravan, we're going to cover that tonight, and, and I'll have coverage of that on the website on Soonerscoop.com, but like last year, OU was actually winning the national championship Correct. while yes. they were having the caravan. Literally one year ago it's, today. Yeah, and it was the 31st last year, right. so the the national championship was a day later. It wound up than, than it was this year. No, 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 no. It The caravan is a day later. It was a Wednesday. No, the caravan was on the I'm saying 31st. the 31st is the yeah. date. I yes, don't know, Wednesday, yes, yes. Tuesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday. I don't care. Today's yeah. the 31st. So yeah, but I, I looked up, like, the news print. I mean, I, I looked up the news stories and stuff, and it was the 31st. And I was shuffling through my photos, and I had a photo of Bob, you know, sitting there watching it on his phone because, like, we were sitting there in a room, and... Then we got we moved. Were, we were interviewing Bob... <laughs> At, because he didn't want to leave. He wanted to watch the tournament. Yes. So we were interviewing him as the tournament was going on, and then the live feed like froze or yes. it went yes, down. Exactly. And then Bob was watching it on his phone, and then nobody actually saw it the moment it happened. And then like Bob was huddled around like Mike Houck's phone watching the right. replay to see Dalkey hit in the winning putt or whatever it was. And it was just it was a weird night. But it's all, I mean, that's like the start of the Women's College World Series is tonight. And OU plays it, you know, they'll play before, uh, and they'll, they, they'll wrap up even before the caravan starts. But it's always when, when OU's doing well in spring sports, the Tulsa caravan's always kind of a cluster. Yeah, yeah they always bring it at the same time. Yeah, if, if you remember last year, we got to talk to, I believe, KJ Kindler and Lon Kruger in a separate room. Mm -hmm. But then Bob wanted to watch golf. So we had to go to another room. So all yeah, like you're coming, you're, you guys got to go in here. You want to talk to Bob? <laughs> well, everybody so, wanted to watch golf, but then we were interrupted by the gymnastics coach. So for whatever reason. So everybody had to load up their camera KJ gear. KJ Kindler's a very attractive woman. So that they had set up in the other room and had to bring it into the other room, and then yeah, the live uh, feed froze, and you had to watch it on the phone. Interesting. So then tonight uh, marks the. First time that Lincoln Riley will ever do the Tulsa Caravan. It's, it's, I think this is the last first for Lincoln Riley. It's got to be the last, right. The last first summer caravan. camp, I guess, yeah. will be running yeah. his own summer camp. Will be yep Saturday. The first nobody gives a damn about. <laughs> it's weird because they're not putting on pads and they're having two K 
camps and they're separate days from each other. We should set this out for the listeners. If you're a junior or senior and you're attending the Lincoln Riley camp, you're probably a loser. <laughs> like your kid, Ouch. your kid probably sucks at football. Well, he should have gotten an offer by now if he's good. Is what you're saying, right? Don't go to the Lincoln. Don't go to a. Don't go to any camp this summer if you're a, going into your senior year and you haven't already started been recruiting, thinking that you're. Gonna, if you're a junior, you're not a loser. You if don't get ready to be a junior. You're not a loser. You might still be a loser. The it, you if, might be, but you, that doesn't mean officially you are. Yeah, we'll wait until the season when you're probably playing JV ball, and then that's when we can tell you that you're a loser. There are rare exceptions, and Bray Walker was one of them because he was committed. November 2015, he still did the padded camps at OU the next two years because he said, any opportunity to work with Bill Biedenboe before I get to Norman, I will take advantage of. I kind of think Bray Walker's going to be really good now. Overachiever. No, I think think that's admirable, Eddie. I think that means he's going to be really good. No, that means his dad probably made him go. I don't. If you're that big, can your dad really make you do anything? You're living under his roof, probably. Right. Well, what's funny is Corwin is not that tall. When you yeah. look at Bray, you're like, because he's always with him on like <laughs> recruit when he was came in on recruiting visits, and it was like noticeable how much taller Bray was than his dad. Bray is a uh, a gift of a human as far as size. He's massive. Just a a monster of a human. I do remember when he came to the elite camp. Uh, and they were have him, having him run 40s. Like, he's kind of like, he's a little bit like Orlando Brown. Like, he does not shine when you ask him to just run fast. Which maybe gives me some hope for Bray Walker now that Orlando Brown showed that he doesn't run in a straight line very well. So anyway, uh, Josh, give us an update kind of on the camp schedule moving forward before we get into kind of the spring tour and things like that. But Saturday, I, I know, is Lincoln's first foray into the head coach of Oklahoma having his own camps. Did we lose Josh or did Josh put himself on mute? I do think Friday they'll be in St. Louis. At Lindenwood, I I'll have to double check on that, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a little little crazy how they're doing it this year. Hello, there you are. I don't know what the deal was. I literally, I, for once, I didn't do anything. It was not my fault. It was a faulty equipment. Damn it. Anyway, I maybe um, you had to go take a dump or something. No, no. I I I wish you know. You guys know me. I'll own anything stupid that I do. But that was I. I everything was plugged. I wasn't muted. I don't know. Somebody just didn't want to hear me talk, so that's fine. I understand. But, uh, yeah, like Bob said, you've, you've got St. Louis to start with, and Oklahoma, as you mentioned, will have their on-campus event, which we've talked about. That's not the deal it used to be with Oklahoma doing all these regional events and getting out and seeing, you know, they, they, they're going to the players rather than making the players come to them. Uh, we'll, next week will be uh, the Denton, the North Texas camp, which I'll be at. Uh, a little um, that'll be on Friday, I believe. I've got to. I'll have to check my math on that. Um, and then earlier in the week, they'll also be in Houston, which obviously I'll be at as well. So I mean, you'll get a chance to see OU get around some guys. I'm still kind of working to verify if guys like Marcus Stripling will show up in Houston. Like you guys were discussing, I don't really expect a guy like Stripling to work out, but you'll see some 2020, 2021 guys. 
that are either you know new to the offer list or hoping to get an offer that'll go and I, you know I guarantee it that Houston and that Dallas camp you'll see at least two or three new offers pop up. It gets really weird because every time I start seeing like a uh, 2020 in my on my notifications or something, and I've had friends that want to talk politics too much. I'm like, I don't want to hear about the election. It's like, oh, damn, it's a recruit. 2020 is my 20th anniversary, so that's uh, that's a harsh reality coming down the pipe for me. You mean 20th anniversary? Not 20th, not 20th recruiting? Sorry, not 20th. Yeah, 20th uh, uh, reunion, 20-year oh, okay. high school. So, yeah, that that's like... Well, the, you're good. You the, still got hair. You're not too fat. I mean... Yeah, no. You, got, no that, you know, you got a wife and two kids. Yeah. You'll be the which, hero of your class, probably, because you it, went to it, a cesspool of a high school. Ouch. Wow. Wow. You know, like. Yeah, you might be the only guy that's alive. <laughs> that is. Now, see, Eddie, I expect the talk, you know, because we know what's happened to North since Eddie left, and it's not pretty, and I understand there's a lot of bitterness. West is having a bit of a renaissance, but Duncan, Duncan cannot throw stones. And the good news for Bob is that. no one knows what damn high school he went to. So he is completely safe. Somewhere in Ohio or Illinois or something. Springboro, Ohio. By the way, Bob, how triggered uh, are you getting right now with all the LeBron versus MJ uh, debates that are filling radio waves? I'm not. I mean, I don't. I've seen you tweeting your MJ. Oh, stuff. yeah. I mean, I love MJ, but I don't get involved in any of the arguments and stuff of that nature. I have no problem with LeBron. I just think he'll always be a distant second to Jordan, and I just leave it at that. Ladies and gentlemen, I, we need to talk about one thing, and I'm not sure we've ever discussed it in the pod because Bob hasn't been here with us that long. To understand Bob's fandom of Michael Jordan, one time I was at a high school game, Bob and I, you know, when we worked for other sites, we were always at the same events, we ran into each other a lot, and Bob, Bob, I don't want to put you out there, but I don't want someone to see you and misunderstand something about you. (laughs) When the National Anthem is playing, Bob doesn't put his hand over his heart. And I was like, "Is this a thing?" He doesn't stand either. He takes a knee. Yeah, it's like Bob, like anti-America, and I'm like, and so finally, I was like, it just got the best of me. I had to ask Bob what this was about, and he was like, "I'm a huge Bulls fan. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan," and he always did his hands behind the back, which is exactly what Bob does every time. That's exactly how Bob stands. And so I, I just want the people that know him, that see him out of the high school game this fall or whatever you see him. Bob is not at war with America. Bob just loves him some MJ. I will say this, too, about being in a press box with Bob. Uh, and he's, he's known for this. Uh, if the national anthem is started and people don't realize it, he will scream, Anthem! Anthem! Yes, I will! Loves he wants America. everyone to know that America <laughs> needs to be recognized. Eddie doesn't get to partake in that greatness. I leave the stadium for the anthem and then come back. Eddie's crushing a beer on the sidelines is what he's doing it during the national anthem. And it's an American beer. We all know that America rules rules all. We don't need to play the anthem before. Hey, Eddie sang anymore. the national anthem in a darty. I've seen it. No. What? Yeah. You haven't seen that? Is that on your Instagram page? I think so, yeah. I think we need to go find that. Was it like a Roseanne or does like Eddie actually have no, kind of a, a nice really voice? Good voice? It was it was beautiful. He he has really? the voice of an angel. Josh, I have a radio show. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I am definitely finding this. You guys find some recruiting stuff to talk about, and I'm going to go find this. What? This is the amazing. I think it's on there somewhere. I have seen Should it. Be. Uh, what? Where do we want to go with this? I, I guess, Josh, the first, or Bob, we could even start with you. Uh, you've talked to a bunch of guys. You both have been catching up with guys this week, just as far as uh, guys are going to start trickulating back into Norman, uh, the 2018 class, particularly. Uh, I think the the biggest, probably the biggest news throughout the week was confirming that Michael Thompson had qualified and was good to go to come in in the summer. Right. I mean, that was the one everyone had questions about, and that was the one when he committed. They're like, well, okay, we're excited, but we don't know if he's going to make it, so we'll temper that excitement just a bit. And I was able to catch up with Thompson yesterday. He confirmed he'll be showing up Sunday just as well as a lot of the other signees. I've been able to get in touch with 10 of them so far. The only two haven't been able to uh, connect with just yet. Trem, uh, Tremonda Moore, obviously no surprise dun, dun, dun. And I have a quarter, theory about quarterback that. Tanner Mordecai. Those are the two I'm still waiting. Can to I be fair, you, come, you, you connected with Tanner Mordecai. Shh. I mean, Bob. I you know we don't we don't have to we don't have to hide around these things, Bob. I, I just want you to you can be out there with it. All right, I did connect with Tanner Mordecai. He just said he did not have any time to talk. Probably running around having to stay away from Parish Cobb, trying to rob him all over Waco. <laughs> That'll keep you on the run. I would think, yeah. Can you imagine? Like that's his first thing. Thank God I got away from Parish Cobb. Dodging bullets. Hey, give me your scholarship. La Vega and Midway would make you think Waco is a bigger town than it is. That's that's two very different worlds. I've been to. Well, I haven't been to, but I I've been around the the Midway uh, students and coaches at a semifinal game. I very a very nice school. I could say. Yep. Can't Mid- confirm. Midway, you know, for those that don't know, very kind of, I would say like a Bixby kind of feel to it, kind of that similar uh, size of school, similar, well, I mean, it's bigger school, but just kind of that that feel. Correct. Khalil Houghton's a nice representation. Yeah, Midway kid. Yeah. Yep. Another Midway kid. Is there anybody that surprised you uh, talking about, uh, and Carrie, we'll come back and circle back around because you, you said you have a theory uh, on more. theory on Tremonda Moore. <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll we'll circle back around. Uh, the I guess Kendarius Taylor. I mean, he's kind of a guy that I feel like has never really gotten his due in the 2018 class, just because he's kind of off the beaten path in Memphis. Uh, he's actually going to be rooming with Tanner Mordecai, correct? Yes, he said you know that when he got to the champ you barbecue, the two guys he hit it off with was Tanner Mordecai and Patrick Fields, and you hear Patrick Fields' name a lot when it comes to that. But in terms of Mordecai. You know, he even admitted that Tanner's very quiet, doesn't talk to many people. And so I thought it was kind of curious that he wants to be his roommate. But he's like, you know what? We got along well. We opened up to each other at that event. And I want to get to know my quarterback. Receiver should always know his quarterback and, and you know, get along with him, figure out his personality, things of uh, that nature. And Taylor, you know, he was out, had that pelvis injury that kind of set him back a bit for his senior season, but he said that sort of changed his outlook on the game of football. And I'm going to write about that here later in the uh, summer that once he came back from that injury, he was a totally different player. And if you look at his numbers, they were just incredible. And you sort of wonder how 
this kid wasn't such a big-time national recruit this entire time. I mean, it's not like Memphis is, you know, just a hole in the wall. You don't know how to get there. You don't know how to watch those type of kids. But, I mean, the numbers he put up had OU fans very excited about what's coming here. It's definitely a town that Elvis wanted to get out of. I will say that. I found it. Darty. National it was a master. It was a master's party. Yeah. So it was a Marty? A, a Madarty? I guess, yeah. A Mastardy? Technically, yeah. So uh, this is what I hate about Instagram. There's no rewind button. Yeah, that sucks. You always got to go back. Here we go, though. I think maybe. And reset it. I think maybe we got it here. Uh, damn it. Why is Siri bothering me? Okay. What, what song what was that? What is going on? It's Siri's fault. What's that music? I don't know. It's my Spotify is trying to play at the same time. Oh my god. Maybe it's just not it's meant to be. Joan. Shut up, Joan. Shut up, Joan! Joan Jett, is that who that is? No, it's just a band called Joan. Oh. That's what I was playing when I was driving home this morning. Okay. Here we go, officially. Eddie Radosevich, National Anthem. You should have asked me to play it What's this spring game. So Very professional. Uh, Jones playing again. There's more music being played behind it. Son of a bitch. What, this a, iPhone what a fucking disaster of an experiment. <laughs> it's because I have to use my damn iPhone. I guess it just wasn't meant to be. You can check it out. I think people follow got the me on Instagram. You'll get the idea. I think people got the gist. And see now, Siri is wanting to help again. F you, Siri. I don't care if you're listening. So there you go. My theory is this on Tremont Moore. Okay. I think uh, I'm going to say that there there is concern over. Last chance you. And he has been told, I don't know this, this is just a theory, that he's been told you can have your scholarship back after Last Chance You comes out. Like, like he's going to be involved in something bad on the show? Well, it's kind of like uh, John Franklin III when he called his coach a dumb Oh, and bleep. it just comes out that just not a good, good dude. What if, I mean, what if, what if? We do know he gets hurt. Yeah. Because he misses the majority of the season. So they wouldn't keep following him. I don't, think, him, I I don't think that's think. a bad. I don't think that's a terrible. Uh, I don't know theory, when it comes I don't, out. I don't know how they would. You can't just go and say we're taking your scholarship away, can you? It would be awesome if they did. I mean, it would awesome just be. It would just be an awesome. It would be an awesome. I mean, we, that's the thing. Line. We don't know how Lincoln Riley operates in some of these. He's pretty hardcore discipline guy, right? From what we know so far. Yeah, he, I mean. 
laid the hammer on Mayfield series. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more like Chris Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> So what you're saying by is discipline when it's not that. I called bullshit. Okay. I called bullshit on the the Mayfield discipline too. I thought it, I thought it was stupid. Yeah, it was it was dumb to begin with. To suspend him because it was all about national pressure. Yeah. Exactly. That was appeasement. That wasn't we really feel like he should be punished here. And I was glad that Kyler Murray went 66 yards on the first play or whatever it was. I think 67. Okay, I remember correctly. Well, that changed the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> changes the narrative. That's just as bad as the iPhone disaster. Now, and then Rodney scored the very next play. So one of his no, 11. it's 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 a truth or theory the that you know is about as valid as flat Earth. But I just wanted to throw it out there. Well, what's I don't think it's crazy. What is, the is Tremonda you, Moore thing? Yeah, yeah, with with, with Tremonda like. You would hear stuff like I, because I, I know Bob and I talked, and this is back when Bob was working, you know, with Scout, and the, the, so we had conversations, kind of, you know, what are you hearing? What am I hearing? Like, because it just didn't add up that Oklahoma suddenly was serious about Tremont Moore, and then we both talked to him, and you're like, wow, that sounds like a different kid. You know, he'd really changed, and that's kind of the feeling you got, and that's what the people at, you know, were saying to Oklahoma at JC. But then, as time went on, the injury happened, and then he didn't come back. That narrative started changing a little bit. Like, you started hearing there were some people at the school that were suddenly not giving him the rave reviews they'd been giving him months before. And, you know, it was kind of a, well, is that about they're mad that he's not playing, or should he be playing? And so there was kind of a conversation that went back and forth about that. Now, I don't think, I, I think Kerry's got a fun theory. I don't think it's based on anything. But no, please is... don't go on the internet and start saying, Karen Burlock said the coaches exactly. are waiting exactly. until they see the, 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 the true assholes out there, and this is the one of the worst <laughs> Twitter moves of all time, they would tag you on Twitter to Tremonda and say... And tag Tremonda. That, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the worst kind of person in the entire world. Now that we've talked about it, I guarantee at least five people uh, yeah, do Yeah, at it. least seven people are doing it yep. now. Yep, it just happened. It's just been guaranteed. And that's why they have like 50 followers. 50? Try five. Or five. Yeah. And three of them are bots. <laughs> One of them bots. will be or that. bots, yeah. Does that KSU fan still show up that, like, will rail against Oklahoma? Like, he'll bring up all kinds of random weird st stuff. Like, he once, like, argued with me about Oklahoma being dirty and one of his arguments related to Brian Bosworth. I'm like, dude, he hadn't been there in 30 years. Like, why don't you Yeah, that let culture that is long gone. Yeah, like, and he's one of those egg accounts. So it may have been Brian Colangelo. I can't be sure, but it was weird nonetheless. Kansas State. I don't know how Kansas State fans do anything. But yeah, you have no trash to talk. Echoing uh, Josh's point, Tremonda did feel like a different dude whenever you talked to him in the last 12 months. A lot more mature, a lot more like, hey, I realized I messed up in high school, but I'm not going to mess up this time around. He's been very open the last couple months about saying, yeah, I'm showing up to the spring game. Yeah, I'm showing up in June. It's just in this last week where I haven't been able to get in touch with him. And again, because of his cell phone situation, which is very strange where he doesn't have a working number, but can do FaceTime audio, it is a lot tougher to get in touch with him if he's not constantly on Twitter. Man, what kind of ratchet plan is that? But how do you sign up for that cell phone plan? It's I like believe that's the item shop. pay my bill last month plan. 
Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's yeah. like he needs a Wi-Fi connection, and then he does a FaceTime audio, but if you actually call... He has a, it means he has an iPhone, but yeah, he doesn't have a cell plan. Probably. Yeah, his plan's yes. not open. Yep. Uh, okay, you know, Sorry, one, of the things, one of the things... <laughs> Tremont's going to end up being an All-American. We're all going to regret everything that we just said. <laughs> we can he's marry. never going to... He's going to be... He's going to be one... He's going to grow up as one of those guys like, I don't speak to Sooner Scoop. That's fine. Uh... Okay, so I'll take my here's on one that. thing that really stood out to me, Bob, about your your reporting so far on guys coming into camp was Jordan Kelly uh, being 325, which I haven't seen him. Uh, so, but I imagine 325 is not exactly great weight that that he's put on. Oh, that's what he was at the end of high school, right? At the end of the high school season. Uh-huh. Now he's three uh, three hundred. Okay, and looking to get to two ninety five by this weekend. Okay, and he said he was going to do it. Like I got to lose five more pounds. They told me to be two ninety five. I got four or five more days to get to two ninety five, and I'm going to do it. But if he's two ninety five, I mean, I can't believe he was three twenty five at the end of his high school. So he's saying. At the end of the playoffs, he was three twenty-five. Yeah, and and Bray Walker said he, he was three three fifty. I mean, I get these kids just put on I mean, the weight once the season Kelly's started. Kelly's carrying that weight well. Then I mean, I don't know why you'd want him at two ninety-five. He looks pretty good to me. I, I think maybe if he really was three twenty-five. I think maybe they're not sure he's a nose guard, a true yeah. nose guard. And if not, he might be more like a three. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna need to find another spot for him where he fits in perfectly. And if they're going to play Gallimore at the nose, they're going to need somebody else to kind of fill his spot at the three. Yep. So I think they want to give that versatility as I, wait a minute, what is he going to be when he gets here? Well, and that's that's one thing that I'll talk to Lincoln about, just kind of what they want to do when they get these guys in, in in terms of Benny Wiley, because this will be, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder what it was like last year if it was just so chaotic and everything. Uh, but now he's got ownership of the program. He's got his plan in place. He knows what he wants to do. Uh, he's got young guys like, you know, heck, I thought it was pretty cool seeing Bookie and uh, Buki and Jordan Parker working together out in California. Uh, but, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys on this team that, you know, they when they're not here, they're at working somewhere else. I mean, that's kind of become... We can gripe all we want about the culture of kids, and you know uh, they don't communicate anymore, and uh, you know they 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 are prone to all these trainers slash street agents and seven on seven stuff. One thing these kids do that's a bonus that maybe you didn't see in the past is they work out all the time. It it could be just a product too of just where the talent level is because if you aren't working, the other guy is, and you're not going to play on Saturday if if you don't. Yeah. I, but, I mean, I, I don't think that – I think it's going to be a pretty – I don't think the days of, you know, a strength coach chasing a kid off in the offseason are over with. I, oh, think, I, there, I mean, there will be outliers, I would think, yeah. that – I mean, we'll just, we'll just say it. There will be pussies that come through. <laughs> but you gotta, you got to weed those kids out. Yeah. And I, I have every Hopefully confidence. Hopefully you don't sign them in the first place. Yeah. You know it. No. But, you know, if a kid's so talented – you're going to sign him regardless and just hope you can turn him around. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it would be interesting. I guess we'll know more here in the next couple of months when it really gets going. But I think that so far so good with Benny Wiley. I think everybody has kind of taken to him. I know Gallimore really loved him uh, when we were able to talk with yeah, him. Yeah, it the seemed spring. like he was really, a for him, it had been like he had turned a corner. A marriage almost. made in heaven yeah. almost. And Josh, the last person they run off, I think it was John Michael McGee. Wow. 
Yeah. Off the top of my well, head, that would, would you sound count? Right. Um, oh, what's his name? The receiver from two years ago from Houston. Um, Ad- uh, Adrian Hardy. Yeah, he yep. wasn't really ever here though. But he, he was run off night. before he ever stepped foot on campus. Yeah, I remember I DM'd with him, uh, and he ended up at Louisiana Tech, right? Yeah. Uh, do, I, do you think the facts like just re, like just went back to him? Like they just sent it right back. They're like, thank, thanks. We don't, we don't need that. They, well, I mean, they made it that, very they clear it. that he did not, he did not have a shot of playing at Oklahoma, well, and that was real. I think that was kind of one of Lincoln, and maybe it was Dennis Simmons. I mean, maybe it was them coming in and say, look. We didn't. We didn't want that. We don't want this kid. Like, there's no way he can help us. But I asked Lincoln on signing day about him, about how he was like the most under the radar, and Lincoln said, "That's good. We hope he stayed that way because we think we got something special in him." I remember asking specifically about Hardy because none of us knew why he was part of that class. And then a couple but months he's later, been there for like a month though. I no, mean, no, no. That's the next year. Oh, is that the next year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, we all know the signing day stuff is just, you know, it's like, I'll never get over the year Bob told us the linebacker numbers were right where they wanted them, and they had, like, five scholarship yeah, linebackers. Yeah. I'm like, no, I no, think that's that was not probably true. my question, too. Yeah, that, that I mean, like, I, and I Thanks get it. I mean, you're face, supposed Bob. to. Sir, you're starting, like, a 5'10 white guy. <laughs> I, I don't believe that to be accurate. Uh, Bob, you just made it through last season with Caleb Gastelum. I don't think we're on, living in the same universe right now. Mm-hmm. That was the. Uh, I think that might have been the birth of uh, the the love, well, the hate hate relationship with Tim Kish for uh, the board. Oh, I think it was it, it was solidified before Jacob Phillips, and then that just that just put the final nail in the coffin. Jacob Phillips, and it's so sad because of all the things I think you can fault Kish for, Jacob Phillips is not one of them. Like, Kish did all he could do in that situation. He lost out to a very weird scenario. Like, I, I don't... Like, I mean, he had so many... Th- like, Bryce Youngquist. Like, that. that is one thing that killed him. Like, it, he had so many bad luck situations. It's a great point. He's had some shitty luck, too. There, there's no doubt about it. Tay, Tay Evans getting a oh, concussion. Yeah. That's a great point, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. He's been so what we're telling everybody is Tim <laughs> Kish is completely guilt free. Yeah. He, not at fault. Besides yep. wearing transition glasses. <laughs> not guilt free on that. Missing out on pretty much every linebacker recruit that you went the, after. The, my problem is is when you you know, I, when I watch what other guys on the staff do, especially in the last four or five years here, you see all these Second, you know, like they're not okay, we've got these guys committed, we're good here. We're just gonna walk away from this situation. They're still recruiting guys. They're still working on guys, whether they're, you know, guys that think they have offers or guys that, hey, we're going to offer you down the line if something opens up. Like, they're still staying in communication. With Kish, I feel like that's been his problem at times was trusting these kids to hold to their word, and it's burned him a few times. And Kerry Cooks is a great example right now because we think, us personally, that the defensive back class is pretty well known here Mm -hmm. in the next couple months. But you see, Carrie is talking to so many different kids just in case. Oh, Scoop talked about it last week. I mean, Kyer Elam, uh, Woody Washington. I mean, you run the list. Oklahoma, and it's not just like, oh, there's some backup guys that if OU gets in a hole, they're going to be okay. Woody Washington's a top 50 guy in the country that OU really has a legitimate chance with. And they may not even need to bring him in for a visit if this summer goes the way they hope it does. So it, it, it's like I said, and 
that's one of those questions where do you get into, do we say no to this guy? Is that really possible to turn away a corner that good? I don't know that it is. I think you have to find a way to make that work, but it's a good problem to have either way. Well, and this was really the first year. I mean, you get past all the the recruiting losses and, I don't know, I guess you could say bringing in, you know, signing a guy like Nick Benito, uh, getting that commit commitment right during the, the banquet and everything. That was kind of like, oh, well, that's different for OU. Like, the they actually improved on a pretty decent position they were already in. Like, And I think that kind of gives you hope. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do a Kish rally here or anything, but <laughs> it gives you hope like that Lincoln Riley, you know, he gets more involved in this stuff, and, and other coaches on the staff get more involved in this stuff. Uh, and, you know, Kish isn't just out there on an island, which I think in the past maybe it's been that way. And, and talk- maybe, maybe, maybe the – the depths of it was the the Jerry Montgomery era. And talking with Nick yesterday, he mentioned Mike Stoops. That was his guy the yeah. the entire time. I guess he is an outside linebacker. Yeah. And, and so, and I talked to him because if you re, if you remember about him, he signed during the early period, but didn't announce to right the Under Armour game. until the Louisville yeah. beat writers. And, and so I asked him, him. "You like you know your secret wasn't really a secret? Did that bother you?" He's like, "No, because I still got to do it." on national TV, and let people know that I was going to be a Sooner. Hmm. It's like a silver lining. It's a very well, optimistic I mean, guy. Th- N- this was the year when it didn't burn him. Like, he really – they pinned a lot of stuff on Benito and White, and it panned out. Like, yeah. it worked out. They got the two guys they wanted. But if you look back, if OU misses on one or both of those guys, or Osamoa, I don't know what they Osamoa do flips or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, that was it, the one like weird. that was like the one because you're like Asamoa, yeah, he's a decent player. He's not a national player. Like if they can't hold on to him, like that really could have been like Katie bar the door. Uh, you know, Tim Kish fire Tim Kish dot com probably would have surfaced. I almost think if that would have happened, there would have been a move because you're you literally have shit the bed if that happened. Well, that's and that's one of his case. home and recruiting areas. Ohio's one of his home bases. I mean, that's where he's from. Like, I mean, there's, he's got a lot of connection there. Yeah. I think everybody, because he came from Arizona, associates him with out west, and he's good out there. He's got a lot of good ties out there, but he he's a Midwest guy, so that, that was a big part of it. And, you know, we talk about Benito. That's a lot of Mike Stoops. That's outside linebacker. That's Florida. That's Mike's turf. So, I mean... That's something that I don't know gets enough credit. I think Mike has done a really good job recruiting. You look at outside linebacker recruiting, it's been really good the last few years. It's been inside where OU's had trouble. Not just It's not just about landing guys. It's Oklahoma seems to drag their feet in identifying guys and offering guys. You know, Alabama's got 20 inside linebacker offers out, and OU's got four. Like That, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. Okay, I don't know. Sorry. Alabama, didn't, didn't Alabama's this into slam Tim but, Kish. but Alabama's whole program is kind of predicated on inside linebackers, though. Well, no, it is, and also Alabama's processing dudes, you know, like crazy. So yeah. I mean, I, I understand that there's something to that, but also Alabama can be pickier than Oklahoma can. But that's kind of like, like I, saying Alabama has offered more defensive tackles than everybody. They offer every defensive tackle that's worth a damn. They and do, then, but and then why, they offer why would, every. Why would offense, you not follow they, that pattern? Yeah. No, that's but I think. In Oklahoma, let's face it, you're looking for a different type of inside linebacker than you are at Alabama. Sure, sure. 
I mean, uh, th- there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a different guy. But and some would say they should, be, they should be offering more safeties to switch him to linebacker. Yeah. I, Jelani Williams is a good example. I mean, he's not going to end up at OU, but to me, that kid ends up at linebacker in the Big 12. Okay, so all you guys uh, went on uh, the, the Oklahoma spring tour. Uh, uh, Bob, let's start with you, kind of what your impressions were, where you went. I know uh, there was kind of some ups and downs with scheduling and practices and getting canceled. And I did, you did get, I mean, we did get by to see Millwood at one point, right? Or no? Yeah. Yeah. Josh and I did. Okay. So, but I mean, Bob, kind of your impressions of of your in-state tour. Well, I was trying to fill in gaps where Josh and Eddie were hitting a lot of the top names. I was looking at Cole Mashburn at Norman North, Jamie Nance at Blanchard, Trace Ford at at, uh, Edmund Santa Fe. And three quality names for the 2019 class, but the impression I get following those trips, I don't see OU getting involved with any of those three, and you almost hear those kids accept it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of other offers, a lot of other choices that we can make. Just looks like OU won't be it for any of that trio. Which might tell you how well things are going for Oklahoma, if anything, because I think... Five years ago, I think Cole Mashburn's probably a guy that gets an offer. Trace Ford's probably a guy that gets an offer. And not only an offer for Cole Mashburn, but a defensive end offer. If you look at where he stands with OU right now, it is the H-back, fullback position. Is where they're looking at him, yeah. If OU is going to make a move at Cole, that's going to be why, because they want to get someone else at that spot. And that would be a Shane Beamer call, I would assume. And and that's... that's, if everything works out, you probably wait a year and then offer the Brendan Mitchell or uh, Brendan Walker kid from uh, McGinnis. Yes, yeah, for the 2020 class, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing with Cole. When I talk to him, he's still talking to t- to uh, Thibodeau, so that means that the lines of communication with Beamer aren't there yet, which tells me it's not legit at this point. I wonder if the 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 Jordan Evans type offer it will be no more under. Lincoln Riley, as far as like the in-state guy that they kind of slow play, and I don't even know if you could say slow play. They just kind of fell back in, backwards into him, right? Let me ask you this: if if OU had a top ten national defense and had continued to have a top ten national defense when Jordan Evans was coming out of high school, would he have ever gotten offered? No, probably not. Yeah, he was a late offer. He was a guy. I think. I think ultimately, I never. I always got the impression that Bob was the one that made the decision. Like this is the we're making we're offering this kid. He does too much up, and it was after he returned that kickoff in the he just state kept playoffs. Kicks. Yeah, against Broken Arrow. Against Broken yeah. Arrow. Me and Josh were both there. Yeah, that that was like there you go. This is why. It's like, what I, else do you need yeah, to see? This is why I deserve an offer. Devin yeah. Thomas. It, it was the Josh moment the he was line. born, and Devin Thomas died as a recruit. <laughs> oh, did you, did you well, hear I that? think I, the I gunshots the might have line. done that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, at that point, it was just a knife. Devin, Devin hadn't graduated yet. Was, so that when, was, was that when Devin was just a total prick after the game? Yeah, that Bob remembers it, too, because we were on the sideline, and Broken Arrow was down. They needed to go drive. I think it was like 21-14 or something. There was like a minute left. B.A. had gotten the ball back. They were trying to drive down the field. Well, they go five wide because they're trying to you know, spread Norman North out. And Jordan Evans had just been killing Coleman Key all night. And so they try to spread Norman North out and go with some quick hitter stuff. Well, of course, Devin Thomas comes off the field in that scenario, and he literally walks away. 
takes his helmet, takes his shoulder pads off, and sits about 30 yards down the field from the rest of his team. And you're like quality kid. If I'm a coach, yeah. I'm offering him after that. <laughs> well, and, and that's when like I, I remember talking to some of the people at BA and they're like, no, he's a really good kid. And I'm like, you're lying to me. You are literally just lying to my face because you know you saw that too, even if you didn't know all the other crap you know about him. It's a good thing Urban Meyer wasn't there that game. I always saw him wearing orange, just not that color orange. The prison cat. <laughs> well, he, I mean, I always thought he was gonna play at McAllister. He's going to be like the new, uh, what is it, uh, Burt Reynolds. He's going to run the prison No, he's team. he's totally Nelly. Actually, I think he's out. He's probably going to come shoot all of us. Yeah, probably. There's a possibility. We'll Devin, you don't DeMond know where Parker I live. To ah. You missed that. Nobody guy. at the DMV give Devin any of my information. That's not going to be cool. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Josh, Eddie, since you guys got to see the big boys, what were your, your your biggest impressions from the spring tour? They good, I think would be the best way to uh, to summarize it. I, the day we were out there, Alabama offered Marcus Major, and we were able to catch up with them afterwards. And you know, I, Josh, I just from listening to the interview and shooting the interview and standing there with you, it's definitely something I think that you know gives them a at least something to think about uh, over the next couple months or whenever he wants to make a decision, uh, whether it be before the start of his senior year or whenever. Uh, it was definitely one that I think, you know, it, it almost like an Alabama offer nowadays just solidifies you as a guy like, okay, I am a, I can go win a national championship almost in some people's minds. Stamp certified grade. Yeah, it's like, it's, like a, it's, it's almost, it almost means more than a star ranking in some ways. Oh, I, I don't, I don't I think there's say. any doubt that Alabama offers like a status symbol, you know, like, oh, who, you know, like, cause these guys will get into it on Twitter all the time, you know, like, who are you, man? I got an Alabama offer. Oh, uh, okay, cool. You you're, know, like, you're, it just got to the argument. You're a so, dude. And, and, you know, I, with Marcus doing that interview, I really got the feeling, I was like, oh, man, this, this clearly hit him. And the thing you have to remember, it's just like when we talk about guys coming off official visits, when news is fresh, it's always the biggest thing. Like it always makes a kid feel like, oh, this is amazing, and I've never seen anything like this. When you give it forty-eight hours to process, a little time for things to kind of calm down, guys start getting some perspective on everything. And I, you know, I know Bob has talked to some people as well. I get the impression Marcus Major may make a decision before the summer's over. That that's kind of what I'm still hearing, and. I still feel pretty good about where Oklahoma is. I, I don't think it's set in stone. I don't think it's definite. But I have gotten the impression talking to some people that there was a feeling of why did this take so long from Alabama? Because, you know, it's not just about, oh, he did, you know, he got the Alabama offer and that's great. They'd offered his teammate almost a month before. Well, what, why, was, why were you so ready to go in on Demarion but not me? And I think that maybe – Maybe that caused some question in his mind. So we'll see. I, I, you know, he may go visit Alabama, and if so, then you know things start. Things can change pretty rapidly. But I like where Oklahoma is for him right and, now. And that's sort of flipping the script because usually it's like, oh, the Sooners took way too long to offer. Now they have to play the catch-up game. But give credit to Jay Bowler. He's been putting in that work for the last three, four months. Is it going to be enough to withhold the tide? I mean, that's what we'll find out here during the summer. Let me, let me, I, let me, I, I will add, Jay Bowler was out there the same day that we were out there. Let me throw this out at you. Um, I mean, you talk about Alabama. Uh, it's obvious that they can, you know, 
talk about Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram, uh, and even though Terrence Richardson didn't do anything in the NFL, they can throw out their running back you thing. But let me ask you this. Like, Oklahoma, if you're recruiting against Alabama in that situation, can't you say, look, look at the Alabama running backs and look at the system they came out of and look at our system where Adrian Peterson came out in a different era. Like, you can't be an Adrian Peterson running back anymore in the NFL. You can't be a guy that can't catch the ball out of the backfield or be on the field on third down. Whereas if you go to Alabama, you can still survive as an Adrian Peterson type back because of the type of offense that they run. But at Oklahoma, Samaj P. Ryan had to be able to catch the ball, but he's an NFL back. Joe Mixon was the may, might be the best receiving running back I'll ever see in my lifetime. Uh, and and should it go unnoticed that a guy like Alvin Kamara has to transfer to Tennessee to become an NFL back? I mean... Uh, you talk about him. He's with the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rookie of the year, wasn't he? Uh, he fits that offense really, really a lot better than Mark Ingram does. I mean, Derrick Henry, they didn't want to get rid of DeMarco Murray because he can't catch a football. I mean, out of a backfield. I mean, as big as he is and as powerful as he is, he's kind of like Adrian Peterson. He, he, you can only play him so many times. So if you're Oklahoma and you're looking at Mar- I, 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 I mean, Jay Bowler's a smart guy. I assume his sales pitch is already there saying those kind of things. But to me, like, that's the one real bonus that Oklahoma has over, you know, somebody that's looking at Alabama. Unless you're just saying, well, I'll develop anyway. Well, Alvin Kamara had to go to Tennessee to develop into an NFL back. And uh, Oklahoma has proven that they use backs a certain way. Rodney Anderson catches the ball out of the backfield. I mean, they develop you now to be an NFL back more, I think, than any other program can claim to do in in, in all of football. I mean, Saquon Barkley's a freak, too. I mean, they threw him the ball a lot. He just naturally, they had to because he was their best player and they wanted to get him the ball. They were just being smart about it. But I don't I don't know if there's another program out there like Oklahoma that develops well, running backs like they do right now. I mean, now. Georgia sent two pretty good ones. Sure. That's just off recent memory, though. But there's still an Alabama-type offense. Right. I mean, uh-huh. there's, I, I, don't, oh, I mean, Sonny Michelle can catch the ball. Absolutely. I don't remember Nick Chubb really catching the ball a whole lot. Well, just look at the focus and the time that has been spent on with Rodney Anderson. I mean, I don't think you could say that he had great hands coming out of high school. No. Right? Same thing with well, Kennedy think, we talk about Didn't Josh, didn't you say that he never had to do that in high school? Yeah, they they turned and handed him the ball a lot yeah. from what I saw. You don't yeah, have to catch no a Katie. Yeah, you don't yeah, have to K- catch a Katie. The only thing you're catching a Katie is a toss sweep. So, I mean, that, that that's just that's what's going to be. There are two little things I wanted to add. First, Marcus Major caught the ball really well at the Dallas Adidas camp. I thought that surprised me. He was a better receiver than I expected him to be. And I think that goes back to something that, frankly, at the time, I didn't. I think I knew, but only kind of vaguely. And that's that he spent his first two years at Millwood as a receiver. He only moved to running back last year. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. The other is what you were talking about, Kerry, where Oklahoma will, you, you know, obviously, like you said, Alabama's going to run power eye. But also, Alabama wants to have one back that is their guy. Derrick Henry, we're going to run him 250, 300 times. We're going to run him into the ground. As to where OU has really gone to that model of we're going to mix it up, we're going to use two or three backs in a game, and just go with whoever has the hot hand. At Millwood last week, and literally this this had nothing, no connection, this conversation just kind of happened out of nowhere, and it's funny you brought this up, but... We were talking to the coaches, and they were talking about how big they are up front. You know, Millwood's going to be 
275, 280 up front at 2A. And I was like, well, I guess we can we can pencil Marcus in for about 2,500 yards this year. And Coach was like, nah, we're, we're, we're going to pull him as much as we can. We want other guys to get carries. We're going to spread it around, you know, blah, blah, blah. And part of that is Millwood's just so much better than almost everyone else they play. But part of that also is Marcus buying into that idea and fitting into that mold of, okay, you know, we're going to have 15, 20 touches a game, and that's probably going to be about it. So that's not something Jay Bowler has to sell. That's something Marcus Major's already used to. I'm trying to think back. Was that kind of the reason that, oh, you didn't see Bo Scarborough as a running back just because he wasn't a, a receiver? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Josh would be able to I answer, think, but I, just, I think they Bo questioned his amazing. running ability a little bit just as a because he was so big and, you know, how fluid was he and all that stuff. I think there was some feeling that in the Big 12, Bo was going to be better as a linebacker than he yeah. was as a running back. And, and, you know, and the problem with that always is, is sometimes I hear what I want to hear. And I think anybody that listens to the pod is on the board knows Every good athlete that is not a clear and obvious offensive guy, I want to turn him into a defensive guy. Like, I want all those guys on defense. You know, that that's – like, Demarion Houston is got good, not great hands. I want to make him a corner. Like, I mean, I just – that's just the way my brain works. So, I think sometimes I project that onto other people. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think with Bo, there was definitely a question of that, which side of the ball he might play on. And he grew up an OU fan. He's he like the reverse Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> um, let, hey, guys, we were talking earlier about Georgia's pass catching last year for the running backs. Yeah. Anybody want to wager a guess what Chubb and Michelle combined for in receptions last year? 22 catches combined. 13. Uh, <laughs> Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb had four. That's the Alabama offense for you. Yeah. Yep. They're leading the, the Swift kid, the young guy that's going to be the man this year. He had 17. Okay. I mean, that, that, that was their big guy at that, at that role. Yeah, I like so, that kid a lot. He's good. Yeah, he's going to be really good, no doubt. Uh, okay, other than Millwood, what, what stood out to you guys about your uh, spring tour? I, broken era. I, 6A is going to be really interesting. I, we, I mean, Eddie, you've been doing this with me for, what, almost 10 years now? We didn't even go by Jinx. We didn't even go see Jinx. And it's it's talking to people up there. I mean, other programs, that sort of thing. And, you know, to a man, they're all like, God, we love Trimble. We love that. Jinx is going through some stuff right now that's really – it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Don't get me wrong. This is not a Jinx is on their deathbed kind of thing. It's just they're – when you've had one guy leading the ship for, what, 25 years, you're, you're going to have – some weird turnover. They lost their their strength coach, who's probably the best guy in the state, has now moved up to Owasso with Bill Blankenship. That was announced, I think, the day after we were at Owasso last week. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening there, but you go to Broken Arrow, I mean, Broken Arrow is really talented. Uh, Zach Marchicelli is really good. Uh, Andrew, I keep saying Rame. I've heard a rumor that it's Rom, so I, I need to get that verified with him. How I say his last name? That's but why I don't committed. care what you call him. That dude's a beast. I mean, he and Eddie. I don't know if I told you. I hit him up that afternoon after we were there. I was like, "Man, you look great today. Really had a good day." There was some bad weather, so we didn't get to catch up with him after we were trying to race over to Booker T and catch Dax Hill. And he was like, "That might have been the worst day of practice I've had in my whole time at Broken Arrow." Like, and that's. That's what he is. That's the kind of kid he is. He's just – he expects himself to play at a certain level. I thought he kicked butt all day, and he was so disappointed. And they've got 
I, Eddie, what did you see? Probably three, four sophomores or younger that you're like, that dude will be a guy in a couple years. Yeah, they got some guys. And <laughs> by the way, he got offered by Michigan that same day. So they, he must not <laughs> been, it must not have been too bad. Uh, the day that we saw uh, BA and Rame. So it was, uh, he's, he's an impressive kid. And it's, it's even harder to imagine that he's still just a junior in a way. Like last year, it was like, oh God, this kid's a sophomore. He's playing a lot. And now it's like, oh, he's still young and he's still humongous. So with Andrew, is it just a thing where it got really big and he just wanted to kind of enjoy the process? I, with the decommitment, you know, I, I Josh and Bob could probably speak to it more, but I, I think it was definitely a situation that I think that you know Josh Henson's obviously a good recruiter, a good offensive line coach. I think he's put some word in his ear, and maybe not even necessarily Oklahoma State per se, because it sounds like Arkansas has done a really good job recruiting him as well. And I think he realized those big dogs were about to come. Alabama yeah. came the day before that Michigan offer. I mean, as as great as OU and these other regional schools were. He was about to blow up even more on a national scene. So I think he didn't want to do that thing where he's visiting these other schools as an OU commit. So I think he's going to go through this process. I still love where, o, where OU stands with him, but I, I do think it's going to take a lot longer than initially thought. Yeah, I, I agree with Bob. I, I don't think there's – if you made me put a number on it, I'd bet 70% he probably still ends up with Oklahoma. But the – the Arkansas thing is interesting because he's got a connection to Alvin Bailey, kind of the last great Broken Arrow offensive lineman uh, that played at Arkansas, played the NFL for a long time, may actually still be in the NFL. Uh, Bailey had a really nice career. Um, and I, I know there's some family connection between those two, and I think that's why Arkansas has made an impact. Oklahoma State, Josh Henson's done a great job with him. The offer that I have heard really caught his attention was Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame really impressed him when that offer came in. Uh, obviously Alabama, but I think Notre Dame, kind of out of the ones that maybe you don't see coming, he really liked that offer a lot. That that meant a lot to him. So um, he's a guy to watch. And speaking of BA, just kind of wrap up Broken Arrow, I thought Miles Slusher looked really impressive. He's mm-hmm. a guy making the move to safety where I kind of always thought he was better served. He's going to be a better athlete at safety than he is at corner. And – Literally the first play we get there, Eddie got there a little bit before I did, and the first play when I walk onto the field is a little toss sweep to Slusher's side of the field. And what I love is the guy, it wasn't that he wasn't trying to make a play. It's that he understood his role so well, and he literally comes up and just depletes a little slot receiver. I mean, just kills the kid. And that you could tell it had probably happened two or three straight plays. Broken Arrow was working on a set play. And you could you see the receiver get up and he's like, I don't want to do this again. Like this guy's just murdering me every snap. And Slusher as a safety could be an OU guy. As a corner, I don't know that I buy that, but he's starting to fill out. I, I think he's going to be a guy that'll be fringy for OU for a while. And Mike Stoops was up there as well as uh, Joanna Kina, who is the uh, defensive backs coach for Stanford on the same day that we were up in PA. Uh, Eddie and I both marveled as a lot bigger guy than we had in our head. Dwayne Aquino is a big dude. I, I I thought he would be like a defensive back. He looks more like a guy that played rush end. Josh, I have one last BA question. When it comes to Andrew, is he interior guy officially now, or has he still got a chance to be tackle? You know, he, he could play right tackle. I think he'd be okay there. It's not an athleticism problem for Andrew. It's a length problem because I think – He's kind of shorter-armed. He's a little punchier. He's definitely better in a tight space than he is, you know, out working long. And 
you're never going to see it at the high school level unless he goes to those elite camps and you can see him against some real top shelf speed rushers. But you know, at, at Oklahoma, in, in Oklahoma, he can beat guys to the corner. That's not going to be a problem for him. But when he faces a guy, say like Trace Ford is a really good example, who can get to that corner with just tremendous speed. I think it's going to give him some problems in the college game. And I think if he moves, it's kind of one of those things where, as a tackle, he's got a really nice future. As a guard, he could be a 10, 12-year NFL guy. I mean, it's just about where where are you going to live your best life. You're going to live your best life at guard, in my opinion. Uh, Okay, so Bob has done a really good job. We mentioned this earlier of of tracking guys that are going to come in. We've we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, I wanted to kind of get you guys opinion on this too uh let's talk a little bit about you know we saw the guys in the spring we know Buki is going to be a part of it uh you know you've got uh some guys here and there that have a chance to kind of make an impact we never really found out a resolution to left guard uh you mentioned Bray Walker a guy that you know kind of has aspirations to come in here and play right away uh I don't know that really you know the Cody Ford thing I mean obviously we're all kind of skeptical of that, uh, but you mentioned Michael Thompson, the huge news that he was he's qualified, he's going to be here. I would say, you know, I would give him a good shot, not because he was here, but also because Ronnie Perkins was here, and I would think that that would be a guy, and I think Jordan Kelly's, you know, we just have to see, we have to wait. I think he's going to be one of those guys, if he comes out and plays right away, I'll be surprised. I mean, as good as he was in high school, I would still be surprised just because he wasn't, you know, this big super national recruit that everybody wanted. Whereas Michael Thompson, uh, you know, has seen more of a national type recruit. But I got to think having a guy like Ronnie Perkins in here that he's friends with, that he knows, can keep him motivated, that, you know, they can work out together, they can work hard together, you can kind of get him to understand what it's all about and preparing for next year. But man, I mean, I would say Michael Thompson, I'd list him at number one as most critical uh, if you could get one of these guys to play early. That would be my my top guy on the list. And receiver-wise, I mean, I'd rely on you guys kind of to tell me what you think could happen there uh, because obviously you you know Marquise Brown is in it. You know CeeDee Lamb is in it. Uh, I think Charleston Rambo's still a little – we're still there. He and A.D. Miller kind of going to be fighting to to be that other guy out there. Uh, and then, I obviously, I think that Calcaterra is going to be a, a huge part of the offense. But any of those receivers you could see coming in Can, and making a difference. I, it's I, I was, it's hard. It's hard because, and this is what I said when someone asked on the message board, that means that guys like Nick Basquin, Michael yeah, how does, Jones. How does he bounce back? That, that means like know, none Achilles of those. Achilles is really, that means, I mean, for a receiver, yeah. that's really I'm not going to say that he was extremely fast to begin with. I mean, I think he could run. I'm not saying he's not, but that that Achilles thing really kind of worries me. About it's just a, as it's far a, as it's an injury back. that makes you a stiffer athlete yeah. after it happens. And to have it happen twice is scary. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is this, if if he had Baker Mayfield as his quarterback, I wouldn't be as skeptical. But I don't really see Kyler Murray as that possession receiver type quarterback. I mean, he's a big play guy. He's a guy that throws down the field, and he's going to make a lot of plays with his feet. That's and by the way, I'm just operating going forward that Kyler Murray is the quarterback. That's why I almost feel like a guy like an A.D. Miller I have more faith in 
than maybe a Nick Basquin or somebody to be a, out of, a big playmaker. Yeah, to, coming out of thin air, like a freshman. Like, a like I think Crawford's going to be really good at one Well, let's face it. Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray are matchmade in heaven. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. for what they both do. Uh. To me, even CeeDee Lamb, as good as he is, and I think he could be the best NFL receiver that Oklahoma's ever produced, still, I think Marquise Brown and, and, and Kyler Murray are the best possible matchup for a receiver quarterback combo on this team. I mean, we saw very briefly that bomb against Tulane. That was exactly what you expect to see yeah. a lot coming up. And he did it with, you know, the walk-on guys. He did it with uh, uh, Miles Teese, and he did it. Did he have one with uh, Lee Morris? I think maybe he had one with Lee Morris. Yeah, because you had the Allen. I think his first touchdown. Yeah, yes, was with Lee Morris. So I mean, he loves throwing that deep ball down the sideline. So, yeah, I think these other guys, you know, slants across the middle and all that stuff. That's why I kind of questioned Calcaterra. I mean, how big of a factor is he going to be other than, you know, running down the seam? I don't know that that if Kyler Murray is your quarterback that you're going to get a lot of seven-yard slants down the middle of the field. Can you imagine being a safety with that decision? Kyler Murray, who's, you know, probably by midpoint of the year will be one of the more respected running quarterbacks in the whole country – and you've got to decide, do I come up and deal with him and help out my linebackers who can't run with him or, you know, deal with Marquise Brown, who literally is a touchdown every time he catches the ball like that. That's that's a crisis like that. It's just going to put safeties in an awful, awful position. I think we get, can we all agree that probably on the defensive side of the ball is where the freshmen are going to make the biggest impact? Yes. yes. Yeah. I there, mean, there's no question. It's not that these offensive guys don't have talent. It's the fact that the opportunity is there for Buki, Jalen Redmond, Ronnie Parkins. It's there right now to already come in and be the guy. You want a hot, hot take? Sure. A mid end of May hot take? Grant Calcaterra will end his career with more receptions than Mark Andrews. 112, Ooh. Mark Andrews. Calcaterra had 10 as a freshman. And he, Andrews, saying, Andrews had 19 as a freshman. I think Calcaterra will play an extra year that Mark didn't get. <laughs> no, there's, I mean, yeah. I, I think that I mean, definitely I, He's happen. not going to test crazy. He's not going to be that, you know, Mark always knew he'd go to the combine and run 4-6 and everybody was going to freak out. It was a steady. Plus, there's probably not as many girls in the NFL as there are in college. That'd be Ooh. smart of him. Talk about living his best life. Certainly younger. Um, There's a reason that he and Baker became fast friends. Certainly younger. By the way, I was driving around Norman the other day, and the freshmen were doing orientations. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> you sound Eddie. like Wooderson right there, Eddie. That, creepy that's, Eddie. I'm glad you, know, you I love like that Norman girl. I think I'm going to do a loop around the campus corner real quick. Um, I could literally be those girls' fathers. <laughs> what? You know, I, Eddie, I would be with you 100% if Grant Calcaterra's quarterback was Austin Kendall or Baker Mayfield. Yeah. With Kyler, I think Kerry's right. There's going to be so much vertical passing that I just don't know how that's going to fit. Yeah. I mean, now, it definitely – it he will have to have a big year. Like, these next two years would have to be huge for him. But I think he's a good enough receiver that they're going to – you still have to have a guy that you can depend on, you know, if – I don't know. I, I just feel like they're going to stretch the field so much. There's going to be a lot underneath that they can take advantage of. 
that makes this kind of leads me into a conversation I had with someone the other day, guys. We've we've talked about you know, well, okay, Kyler plays this year, and then maybe next year he looks at the major league draft stuff. I was having a conversation with somebody, and I kind of stumbled into we were talking about Spencer Rattler, and just you know, if he was coming in at semester, he could compete for the job. And I kind of said, yeah, after after Kyler goes pro next year, and I. There was not an affirmation of what I said, but there was certainly no refutation of what I said. Like, there was a, like, maybe that's what's, I mean, like, that we're not that far off the the mark and what we think may play out. I don't think like, there's any question. He plays one year of football and then he goes baseball. Yeah. That would it, be it, what I... Unless he wins the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback or something. I mean... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. To be... Even if he does his, that, I mean, I think he's smart enough and his family's... Is is you know his dad works for Scott Boris? I mean, I think I uncle. think the plan or uncle his uncle works for Scott yeah. Boris. Yeah, Ken, Kenneth, right? Uh, yeah, and then or Calvin, Calvin, and Calvin, then his dad's Murray, Ken. Yeah. Uh, or Kevin, sorry, Kevin Murray. That's right. Um, I I just think yeah, I think that's their plan. I I I get the feeling that that's the way this is going to work out. That would be what I. And have been betting on for a and while. And now, now Rattler is on record as saying that that was the last time he was going to play basketball, right? Yes. yes. When they won yeah. the state championship. So that's why we all assumed he was going to enroll yeah. in the middle of the year. And then he said, nope, I can't. I don't have the academic stuff all worked out to where that is possible. I wonder if Bob, they, I had heard I some they stuff find a way to get that, that done. I, I had heard some stuff that maybe that was born somewhat of the belief that there wasn't any need to make that rush because Kyler was going to have the job. So I'm very interested to see if maybe in six months that story is different. All of a sudden, those credits start showing up, and he can he can graduate. I'm not reporting it. This is kind of like Carrie's uh, Tremont Moore theory. This is just something that makes a little sense. Which to we me, reported so as fact conspiracy yes. theory. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. My Tremont Moore thing is a conspiracy theory. Okay, it's a truther. Okay, uh, what would you call? I'll what's a truther theory? Is it a? Well, do you want a good one? Or, I mean, not a good one, but do you want it's one? It's not about 9-11, is it? <laughs> no, it's about Sandy Hook. No, oh, no, 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 no. Worse, no. No, I'm just no, using no. that as an example. No, you said I'm it's about sa- Sandy I'm Hook. I'm not saying that's what it's about. I'm saying you, that's, you that's, said that's exactly about. what you said it was about. No, I'm saying that's that's what a truther, that's a an example of a truther argument. No, I, I'm 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 saying is a truther theory like this, you replace the word theory with something else if it's a truther deal theorem. Oh, Eddie, God, if Eddie's more than tech. like one person dies, it's probably not the truther thing we're looking for. Yeah, I'd probably go with that, especially if they're children. Yeah, I'd go. With yes, that. children's an absolute no go. Oh, I'm not. I'll, I'm I'll not saying. I be, I'm not saying I believe say no. it. I'm just saying that it's out there. Thank you, Windows. Damn it, Terry. My Windows is still updating. That's that's it. Delayed the podcast for a day. It I, it did four Windows updates yesterday because it it lost our our mixing board. So, so I'm we sorry know for when you hit here. when we hit the road last week, you, you kind of you you step back a little bit. Did you actually turn the computer on last week? I didn't do any recording. That was the thing. I, I turned <laughs> okay, the was computer that, on because I have to watch my porn. So, <laughs> but I didn't do any audio mixing whatsoever. Okay, Eddie, you okay. don't deserve to hold that baseball bat. By the way, you need to put that down. 
just trying to get into the swing of things. We got regionals coming up, and then uh, what happened? Oh, segue, segue. No, that's what I, I knew what I was Natties doing. Natty's for Patty's coming up too. Uh, by the way, OU has their hands full with Oregon. They just hit the shit out of the ball in game one. Oh, they're scrubs. They scored All eleven eight of runs. These teams are scrubs. Although we've seen the Sun Devils come in and suck in Oklahoma City several times. Do they still have Auburn's coaches that? Where no, the, the no, they get fired Arizona, in that whole deal. No, too? Arizona State's coach went to Auburn and then he got fired oh, from Auburn for the sexual it, harassment. His, yeah, stuff. his son was sexing up all the players or yeah, something like that. That was bizarre. That old guy, wasn't it? Uh, well, remember, was remember one of them was like a Florida transfer that like went after Tim Walton or something. Yeah, in the on the the she had like a sister line. or something, right? Yeah, I forgot that guy's name. He was old though. I remember that. He was a good coach. It was though. messed up. Or, I mean, Arizona State, like, they stole somebody's... Maybe it was Tennessee's coaches. I can't remember. Oh, the uh, the husband-wife duo? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, she was a it. lot younger than him. She wasn't horrible looking. Which makes you wonder. I feel like Bob, like, is still learning how awful of human beings we are. Because he just sits in the back and laughs after the podcast. Uh, no, but why is it... Why do we have overcast when it's not raining? I think it's a little overcast outside right now. By yeah, the way, they pulled a hot, hot squad. Look at that. That's nice. The scary part oh, is Molly the guy McGrath. That's quiet. I have a big thing for Molly McGrath. Molly McGrath is pretty mm. attractive. Who's a, who's I watched that battle bots just because she's on it. Oh, she hosts it? She's one of them. Girl on the right would it's whoop my ass. Chris R- <laughs> Laura Rutledge? Is that who that is? Yeah. She would. She looks like she no, would that, bench press me. They, uh, Daniel... Lowry, I think. She's oh, Laura Laura, yeah, the former softball player. Laura right? Rutledge is doing reporting, sideline yes. reporting. Yes. There she is. There's, That's right. She, there's, she, she, she changed her hair. That's the one in the middle or on the right? The far, the, the on far, the far right. right. Yes. This is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a horse face. What did she... Uh, oh, wow. I didn't say that. I did not she say could, that. I'm not going down there, so I don't care. Um... This is the first time they've had like a set on on side, isn't it? That sounds right. I can't remember them doing that before. They couldn't get your girl Lauren Chamberlain. She's too busy, man. Playing. She has a career unlike the rest Profe- of these yeah, softball she, she players. Yeah, she actually plays. <laughs> Smacked a homer last last that, night. I'm seriously surprised that they don't have uh, what's her name do it. Aaron Miller's really good. Yeah. On on TV. Yeah, she is. So yeah, Oklahoma's coming up next. Uh, taking on Washington. My prediction: twelve nothing. In five? Really? No, no. I mean, I, mean, I think they'll win, but I, <laughs> I think they're, they're pretty good. Washington. I saw some of their highlights. They've got some horses. Do they? They've got some stocky little home run hitters. Alabama. I'm glad they didn't make it. They had the typical uh, Mullion first baseman, like three seventy five. Looked S- even worse than the third baseman on. League of their own. Her <laughs> <laughs> shortstop, whoever she was. Uh, what was her name? Mar- uh, she found a man by the time that movie was over. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned baseball. because her dad was nuts. Yeah. Making her play baseball and shit. Marla Hooch. Marla, Marla Hooch. Hooch. That's right. Thank you, Josh, with the internet. That cheap. movie was... No, that movie was Josh's first date, so remember that movie real well. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Was it a Babe? Was it Babe? Was that her name? You talking about uh, Gina Davis, the catcher? Maybe. Or the main character, Eddie? Madonna? 
Madonna. Yeah, Madonna was a. Well, she was hot. Madonna was hot in that. And I don't. Yeah, she was. She wasn't bad looking, except that you knew she, you know, slept with everybody. Yeah. On mm-hmm. Women. Except men, for uh, what was that man that was in the show? Oh, I forgot it his was, name. Uh, Rosie something. Oh no, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought you were talking about John Lovitz. She probably had the biggest <laughs> dick on the cast. Oh my god. Okay, Danielle Laurie is not terrible looking. Yeah, you need to apologize. She's actually married to, right? She was dating when she played. I'm pretty she sure she just needs to take it easy on the eye mask. I'm pretty sure she was dating or married to uh, Jake Locker. The is she former from Washington. Yeah. Okay. That's who they were showing highlights of. Okay. Well, she's probably still married to him because he's a failure. All right, so Can't dispute that. That's fine. Uh, Big Twelve tournament. You were there uh, through thick and thin. Yeah. And it was bizarre because Steel Walker didn't play in it, and then Kyler Murray Murray goes down with a hamstring. They're both still touch and go at this point from what I've heard. Yeah, I would say touch and go probably. I think day-to-day is the official term that Skip used yesterday. Uh, Toby Rowland just tweeted a video of Kyler Murray taking BP today. uh, That is Thursday down in uh, Tallahassee. So, I mean, he he looks like he's swinging the bat. Kyler Murray's... A lot closer than still Walker is. Uh, Walker's still dealing with a bit of an abdomen issue. Uh, oblique, I think, is oh, the, that's bad. The, the, the correct uh, or the, the exact the thing. Pool had that one, one year. That's from steroids. <laughs> Oops. When does that Steel happen hasn't. with Steel? Uh, the Kansas game. Last game of the Kansas game. The third game. He was going, The worthless game he, when they had already lost the, the series. Yeah, he had turned in. He was turned to tracking a fly ball out and right and felt something pool. So... Uh, it will be interesting. I, I would still say that Kyler Murray will play. If I had to take a wild guess, I would think that Still Walker is going to give it a go. I mean, he only has – you lose two games, he's going to go to the major leagues next week Yeah, uh, with the draft starting on the on Monday, on June 4th. So uh, it will be interesting, though. I mean, OU's uh, regional is just tough. Mississippi it State, is. who's had an, a really interesting year as far as firing their head coach when he resigned – Two weeks into the season, uh, it's kind of been up and down. They have a lot of talent. Connor Pilkington actually roomed with uh, Jake Irvin uh, while they played for Team USA over the summer. Do you think that uh, their he, starter. the baseball coach took the fall so they'd stop investigating the football program? No, I heard the what happened was uh, Canizaro, I think is his name. Uh, she was, he was great on American Ninja Warrior. He was Warrior. sex in a, uh, a co-ed is what the, the hot rumor is. And, you know, they've, they have an interim coach and kind of interesting to tie back into the Big 12. Sounds like there's a really, really good chance that Jim Schlossnagel from TCU takes the Mississippi State job. Really? They're throwing him a bunch of money, supposedly. And, you know, Kendall Rogers, who does a pretty good job covering it for yeah, D1 he does Baseball. Yeah, uh, I think earlier this week, somebody had asked him on Twitter what his thoughts were on that. And he said there was a 40% chance that he returns to TCU next year. And wow! You so add, that sounds like he's trying to say TCU pony up, pony up, or put up or shut up. And the the interesting angle to that didn't too work is, so is, well for Sonny Galloway. Yeah, it didn't, especially in the SEC. Uh, sometimes the I guess the grass is always greener. But you know the other thing too is is Kirk Sarlos or Sarlus, who is an assistant for Schlossnagel, is interviewing for the Rice job. Because Jim Graham is retiring. Finally retiring, huh? So uh, there could be a lot of turnover down in Fort Worth uh, this over the next couple of weeks. It'll, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, you know, back to Oklahoma, it, it's going to be tough. They ran out of pitching in the Big 12 tournament. 
Uh, we'll see walks, what. Yeah, yeah you, we'll see what you get out of uh, Jake Irvin. I think he'll probably go on Friday. Although I asked Skip yesterday about, uh, you know, he, he was kind of he kind of made it famous at Texas for holding your number one guy out. Yeah. in the in the first game of regional, so you can have him in the second game. And I think that they'll end up going with Irvin, but don't I wouldn't be shocked if Wiles pitched tomorrow. So uh, that would be interesting. It's gonna be tough though. I. I would not expect them to get out of the weekend, especially if they don't have a healthy Walker. And yeah, Murray. it'll be it'll be really really tough. I wouldn't expect uh, I wouldn't expect guys like Blake Brewster and Dominic Dorenzo and uh, you know whoever to be uh, getting a whole lot of base hits off of uh, Connor Pilkington, who is a little comparable to Corey Bradford. And if anybody remembers what he did against Oklahoma in the Big Twelve tournament, he struck out twelve. So uh, it will be interesting. But that is your Oklahoma baseball update. Not very positive for Eddie Radosovic. Well, I mean, I just I can't say that they're going to go down and win a regional because I I don't think they are. So uh, it will be uh, it'll be interesting though. Baseball is a strange game. I mean, it's it's you get good pitching all of a sudden yeah. you're right in it. I mean, it, we talked with Skip yesterday. Teams get really hot for no reason whatsoever, oh, yeah. especially in college. Yeah, I mean, look at what Oklahoma State did. They they ran it all the way into. Uh, a little bit different scenario, but they were the eight seed last year and went and won the Big Twelve. Yeah, and how they amazing that they and, they and OU both end up a three seed in the regional. Yeah, in Bolton, they Florida. were one game away from winning the Big Twelve. Oh, they win one game in Stillwater. There's an outside chance they would have hosted this weekend. Wow, because they would have won the league. Yeah, and t- and that sends Texas on the road. A uh, and M probably is playing somewhere else. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that could have gone down, uh, but. I guess here we are, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. All right, so a busy schedule of camps coming up. Uh, busy schedule of camps coming up, and uh, we've got to get out of here. So, uh, Josh, I know you got to get out of here too. We've got to get to Tulsa, uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap this puppy up. But uh, appreciate you guys being a part of this. The uh, thanks again for uh, all all the listening that you guys do. And we took a week off last week just because everybody was running around state. So. I don't know why it is like nothing we ever say on this show should be taken seriously. So when I say things like we're going to podcast every week, I, I you can't help or me. Daniel Laurie has a horse face. Uh, yeah, that was untrue. Uh, I didn't make any softball predictions on the podcast, so that was only a radio. Oh, he's going to oh, he's going to win the national title. And then they're going to take they're going to move it out of Oklahoma City because the SEC is going to force him to. Oh, that was your uh, hot take. Uh, this or, morning it was, was your, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the SEC, they're doing this whole, oh, it's not a West Coast sport anymore. It needs to be in the Southeast every once in a while. It's right in the middle of the country <laughs> right now as it is. Yeah, all your poor people can travel just as easily to Oklahoma City as they can to Atlanta. Listen, maybe cut down on buying Confederate flags, <laughs> put a couple dollars back, and head on into Oklahoma City. What other fa- facility could host a... Well, they had it in 96. They moved it. It's been in Oklahoma City since 1990, except for one year, 96, they moved it to Columbus, Georgia, because they were getting ready to have some big softball, Olympic softball festival. And so they wanted to... It used to be that, you know, college softball helped promote the international sport of softball. Now college softball is bigger than international softball. Like, the ratings are higher for this than it is for the College World Series, the men's. Like, more people watch women's College World Series than watch men's College World Series. The games go quicker. It's more fun to watch. Not to mention, who really gives a shit about 
Coastal Carolina and the teams that end up making it into the College World Series. So that was my whole deal. But well, yeah, you can tell like when Patty's talking about it, like she's very sensitive to it. Like she knows this stuff is going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, NCAA though and Oklahoma City have had pretty good agreement here the last couple of years and I think that I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but I I'm pretty sure that they're getting ready to go under undergo a massive renovation out there at ASA Stadium. All right, Josh just left us. That was the disappointment that you heard. Must be an SEC softball fan. Uh, he's mad that it's still in Oklahoma City. All right, well, that's going to do it. Uh, we're off to Tulsa. Plenty more to come on Soonerscoop.com. Uh, we hope to be back next week. I'll just say that as well. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks to Josh McQuishan. Thanks to Eddie Radosevich. Thanks to Bob Prisbello. We'll see you guys next time right back here on the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.